important, too. This message presented by the North Dakota High School Activities Association and the North Dakota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. You're listening to KNFL Fargo. All day, every day. And 107.3 K297BW Fargo Moorhead. Radio station. Turn your speakers. <clears throat> it's time now for the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. To phone in, call 237-3767, 1-888-458-6926, or you can text short code to 35270. I'm through with standing in line, the clubs I'll never get in. It's like the bottom of the ninth, and I'm never going to win. Tell you what, you can't look any better than he has looked here today. That's seven strikeouts now for McKenzie. He was looking for something else. Yes, he was. He was looking for the local and got the express. The 2-2. Swung on. This is pounded. Deep right center field. This ball is going. This ball is off the wall. Hitting second, making the turn, going to third is Jimenez. In the score is Naylor. 2-0 Cleveland. I want a new tour bus full of old guitars. Yes, it's swinging a fly ball. Right center field deep in the gap back it goes deep it goes and gone there you go willie castro homers to right center field and the twins are on the board now trail two to one the one two driven high in the air to left field did he do it Knocks it down. Gabe Vincent his fourth three-pointer. And Miami, their first lead since early in the second quarter. I want to be great like Ellis without the tassels. Lowry with six to shoot. Oh, Wolf Hope chasing with five pounds. Inside, and a bio, and a foul. What a pass and finish. The lead is 10 and a chance for a three-point play. With the latest fashion, get a front door key to the Playboy Mansion. Gonna date us and a phone that loves to blow my money for me. Three balls, two strikes, one out. Tied at eight. The pitch driven high in the air to left field. Drifting back his tackers at the wall. He's gone. Many competitive at bats overall. You know, we got we had a couple of base runners on base. When we got them on, we, we can talk about one at bat here or there, but we, we didn't have enough good at bats. We're, we're not. You're not gonna, you know, win striking out that many times and uh, and and struggling. You know, when when, we, when you do get a guy on base and you can't bring him in. We overall, I think, just the the, the overall at bats would have to be better for us to win today's game. Miami's overcome a 15-point deficit. Duncan Robinson drives and finishes. Another tough shot. Ten straight points by the Heat. Get them wrong. Well, we are. 
It's a Monday with the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, 740thefan.com. On a Monday, a busy sports weekend uh, locally, nationally, and, well, the uh, the NBA Finals. Uh, like a little plot twist there last night, didn't it? Yeah, uh, I think it's safe to S- say that uh, I don't know, but uh, I, I would not count the heat out on this thing. They, uh, not they, with Jimmy Buckets, No, man. they are uh, – they're like Jason Voorhees on uh, Thrive 13. <laughs> they just keep coming at you no matter what you try to do. So, yeah, they're pretty fun to watch. Yeah, 1-1 one, one now. And, uh, I, you know, it, Eric Spolstra, maybe not uh, a household name unless you're a diehard NBA fan. He's a pretty good coach. Yeah, he's he's getting there. I think this is legitimizing him for sure. Yes, no I would say so. And I, he's probably learned a lot from Pat Riley uh, uh-huh. just uh, having him in the uh, in the building. The host of said program is somewhere, I'm guessing, in Stearns County right now, rolling down I-94. Hello, Jack. <laughs> Hello, Bradley. Hello, Jack. Uh, yes, Brad, you know... Brad, you know you're Stearns County, and if I uh, could stop by, <laughs> I just passed Avon. I'm thinking about getting some, uh, oh, that's not that Avon. No. It's the other Avon, yeah. I do get gas there a lot, over. though, yes. I, that's a, for some reason, that's a stop in, in for me Avon. on the way back, yes. Oh, that's, uh, I told Brad, uh, Derek, uh, a little bit ago, he texted, I said, yeah, I'll lock in, we're ready to go. I said, I... I'm by Freeport. If you needed me to swing into Charlie's Cafe and get you some pastries this morning, I could do that. So I don't know what the to. what the noon special was at Charlie's. You can't go wrong because there's about 97 things on the menu. You really can't <laughs> go wrong there. But um, it is. Uh, but it is. but it is worth it is worth a stop. I'll throw this at you guys, and I don't know what the etiquette is. We all drive quite a bit for various means. Derek, you were driving. You know, you drive for a number of reasons. And, uh, whether we the time you're driving your truck or not, but on Interstate 94 today, especially eastbound on 994, and uh, uh, here's what typically happens. And I'm not sure the etiquette, the etiquette of, of this. Now, I'm on cruise, and many cars I think are. Uh, you've got uh, t- two semis, right? So one semi is going a little bit faster than the other semi. One semi is on the right, and he's uh, it's it's a reefer hauling logs, if I can quote the old convoy song or whatever you got that semi on the right side they got another semi passing that one well now the semi that passes is not going as fast as the other normal cars on the road oh, yeah. so i'm car number two you know you see what i'm getting at here i'm car number two behind normal car number one who's behind the semi that's passing the the, the semi with the logs well i think i know um, yeah. i it's a little burpy, but I, I do. I think I know the moral the end of the story, and that's going to be the situation. You kind of broke up there, Jack. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you got me now? Yep. Do you ha- okay, you got me now. You yes. know where I'm going here with this. So while you're on this, now I'm number two of the normal car, and as I look in my rear view, there are about eight more cars now that have stacked up oh, yeah. behind me. So now you've got about nine or ten normal cars, and now here's the story, Derek and Brad. As you know, when that semi that pass passes and gets into the driving lane, now it's that etiquette or free-for-all, and I don't know how fast the guy behind me is going, but he certainly is on my bumper, and the guy that's number five doesn't know how fast number four is going to go, and now there's that, it's that whole, that's what's happening on, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like we just bypass all etiquette, 
you know, car number nine wants to, you know, think she's Mario Andretti. You know, all of us are doing normal speed limit. You know, yeah, that's the that's the scene on on Andretti. Yeah, I've been there, done that. I, I hate yep. being tailgated. Oh, it just oh, drives, it drives me. me. I know. I just crazy. it just makes me nervous. Especially when uh, the semi is probably. I mean, can't go much more because a he's got a load or. He has a governor. I mean, they actually those satellites can actually make it so you can't go over a certain amount. Mm-hmm. So, so he still wants to pass the slower semi, but he can only go so fast. So patience, right. you got to just have patience, and uh, <laughs> not tailgate someone. That's uh, I know exactly what you mean. You had a wild weekend up up north, Fargo. Huh? Holy cow! Oh. My heavens, that's that's what Derek, it's all about right there. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up, Derek. Brad, you know we've all been at been a fan of or done games or broadcast games and i don't know how many red hawks games i've had i've never counted them i don't know if it's 2500 or 26 or whatever it is and and there's a number of them that stick out i'll tell you what happened on saturday night uh was just incredible and i played a couple of cuts there on the open it, it just incredible it was like eight games in one in half a mile and, oh, hold on, on- <laughs> Okay. We're getting the – where are you heading? Yep. Raising Canes is in the GPS. I, 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 I can tell right now. Yep. Wouldn't that, turn to go on to Highway 15. Wouldn't that have been odd on the air if, like, it said, uh, your attention, your joint whispers is right around – oh, hold on. It's like some, some odd club. Uh, the sh- uh, what I'm more curious well, about, I'm not going there. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm more anyway. curious. So, yeah. As much as you've driven, I'm trying oh, to figure out on. what you actually have logged into your map there, because I mean, you know where every Raising Canes is right. from here right. to <laughs> Milwaukee. <Right. laughs> you don't it's need like, a map for I'm that. Dri- I've driven on this road. I've driven to Derek's road. I've driven to this road so many times. It's like, but it's now a habit to just put in the avid motel in pewaukee wisconsin i was gonna but say i mean like, okay like i don't know the saint cloud yeah yeah but <laughs> to back to your point uh saturday night was in, it was incredible it was incredible it was uh how many times do you see a team go down four runs in the top of the 10th inning in this day and age of baseball with runner on second you know everybody can maybe get one run but you go down four runs and you come back, and you know, Corral Prime, what he did, the, the highlight doesn't even, as, as much as I obviously sounded excited and should have been and was, you know, he fouled off so many pitches. I mean, there's two strikes. He's up against yeah. a, a nasty left hander, and, and he, uh, boy, he gets one and drops over the pen. So now we're tied. And you go to the 11th inning, and now Lincoln is threatening to score in the 11th inning again. And Sam Dexter makes a play and cuts a runner off at home defensively, trying to score on, on what he should have scored, a contact play. And and the Red Hawks, you know, shut down Lincoln at the top of the 11th. And then the bottom of the 11th, uh, you know, you get a, a guy on second. You know, they sacrifice him over. And now you just need a, you know, a fly ball in the outfield. So the Dexter cut... I, I seem so shocked on that because you back in your mind thinking, well, that's deep enough for a sack fly, but you don't necessarily, you know, you kind of broadcast a little like, well, there it is, a fly ball to life. You know, you're trying to wait for the big finish, and then the thing leaves the park. Yeah. You know, it's like I was just shocked by the home run. So, oh, Derek and Brad, that was absolutely uh, just a, a – I, I had to put on Facebook afterwards when I got home. I didn't do anything but broadcast, but it was exhausted. I can't imagine the players – uh, so it was a nice win. It really was a nice win. And then yesterday, that where we get like an inch of rain in 13 seconds, and that was about it for that game yesterday. So, I would like to 
Maybe maybe Cordell Prime could tell, tell the twins how to approach in a bat, maybe or something like that. To, I don't know, Brad. It's it's beyond <laughs> right, frustrating. Right. I mean, Thursday they look great. This is what mm-hmm. we want, right? And then even Friday night, it's just their approach is so horrible. Oh, it's uh, it's just. It's juvenile. I mean, it's something that the Babe Ruth coaches around here would not tolerate. Yeah, it's uh, the the number of, and this is not just the Twins thing, although they, I love this stat, Twins have struck out 613 times in 60 games. Ugh. That current pace, they will sur- uh, they will surpass the MLB team strikeout record with 14 of 1428 with 22 games left in the regular season. Unbelievable! So they could get it by Labor Day, is what yeah. we're saying. But the number of called third strikes you see in oh, major baseball me. is just I, I, oh, it just just makes me want to scream at the TV. Go down swinging, right, Jack? Is that what you're to- told? Protect the plate. Yep, protect the plate. Well, you know and. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, 16 times yesterday again. Um, and and Rocco uses the term. I'm, I'm not sure. Play. We're not competing in right. I describe what 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 Prime did and what Sam Dexter did. They competed a Saturday night against a good pitcher. They followed off a bunch of stuff. And yeah, taking uh, third strikes and not competing, I don't know what they're looking for. You got to be able to put the ball in play and stay in at bats. It's hard to do, but you got to do it. The Twins just aren't doing it. I mean, they're not doing it consistently. Yeah, it's it's beyond aggravating to, to catch. I, I just don't know. And it's the thing now, I mean, I'll never forget. I, I, I apologize. I've told the story before, but you know, Scott Aldrich was the hitting coach for the Twins. And I would sit up at the Metrodome press box, and I was sitting next to a, a New York Yankees uh, advanced scout quite a bit. And he goes, "Well, I know one thing: I'm not going to have our pitchers throw a strike to Torrey Hunter or Jock Jones. They chase everything." So I went to Scotty Alger after the game. I said, "Yeah, I just want to tell you I, that's what he said." And he, he looked at me, goes, "You don't think I bleep and know that? <laughs> you know, I mean, so, you, know, you don't think I tell them that every day? They just go out there and do what they want, you know, and, and then they hit it once in a while. But yeah, I mean, it's." Uh, there's there's free swinging and then there's you know being disciplined to plate and you know uh, why you chase some stuff and let some stuff go right down the middle it's beyond crazy but that's what the twins do it's, there's a stalled vehicle ahead so oh, there's a stalled vehicle ahead, that Jack. Third. you might want to keep that and speed trap will be soon too yeah, i'm sure how so. great is it <laughs> yeah hey by the way there was a stalled vehicle i just passed it well, this is incredible <laughs> technology yeah. i it's kind of creepy in a way but yes yes is, but I yeah, go. You know, I mean, uh, I go that, back that to. Is. I go back so to. So what's, what's the answer? I don't know. It just. I think it's just a. You know, a change in philosophy, or maybe going back to. You know, two strikes. You just protect the plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it, it's it's so simple and so elementary, and you see it. You know, I was at the Class A tournament this weekend, and there were a lot of at bats. You just see guys just foul. You know, just fight off pitches right. and two strike pitches and foul them off and. You know, that's what makes a great plate appearance. And there are just a number of guys. Luisa Rise is probably one of the one of a dying breed, it seems like, that's able to do that and, and understands that approach. Yeah. Well, that trade will be talked about <laughs> for a long time, especially Lopez is just going to be a mediocre pitcher. So that's uh, it, a head scratcher, that's for sure. But they got to get right, and it's not going to get much easier. You know, they got some tough games coming up this week, including, you know, it's – when you're facing the American League, that's never easy either, right? So yep, yep. you got the uh, the East, East here coming with Tampa up. And, and Toronto as well. Right. I know it's just frustrating because you look, they win two games, they come back and win one Thursday, in a nice performance Friday, and you just feel like, oh, maybe they're turning a corner, and then they're they're not turning a corner. Nope. I mean, this is 
Their 2022 is better starting pitching. I mean, that's, yep. that's basically what they've turned into through 60 games. 100%. Hey, guys, I did not see the um, – I was putting up sports cuts this morning, and I didn't see the Royce Lewis um, thing, but I just read cuts, and I was downloading sound from Rocco and talking about how's Royce. And I – so I wasn't – you know, yesterday was just – and I thought, oh, my goodness, what, what the heck. And then I watched it. Wow. I, I It looked like he almost – you know, like snapped a neck and collarbone and scraped his head and this poor guy. But now the good news is that I don't think anything serious came out of uh, Royce Lewis going endo in first base yesterday. No, it sounds like he's going to be okay. What's the what? What's the first baseman doing? He's in that was weird. Terrible position. Yeah, that was the whole thing was bizarre. Just how that took place. And I, you almost got to wonder in situations like that. Are we going to go to the softball extended bases? You know, we did the bigger base thing this year, but. Well, you see a situation like that, you almost want to see the, you know, I mean, like the orange type of base that you see in softball, because that, these we have way too many of these first base injuries like oh. that. Yeah, that was that was painful to watch. I mean, he went over and, and sideways on his on his head and, and scraped like by his eye and rolled down. Then then his reaction was like, oh, this this is Royce Lewis's luck. I oh, mean, yeah. this uh, watch watch what this thing is then. We could cross your fingers and just pray and just be all right. And I guess that, that uh, from what I hear, no acute damage or concussion or anything like that. But, yeah, it's uh, uh, you just it just goes down. We've had this talk with Doc Phil, I think, when, when Carson was going through his various injuries. You know, whether what's the difference between an, an athlete that is prone, accident prone, is that a real thing? Or is, are some just some just fall into bad luck? Is it some style of play that lends himself to potential injury? I think as ACLs, you can't really. I, I think you know. How do you prevent that from happening? Either it happens or not. But you know, I hope Royce Lewis is not one of these poor guys that just you know can't stay away from bad luck. Maybe that's it. Well, um, he's got a teammate that you know should be in center field right now that could tell you all about that. So I mean, it's you know the. The, D, oh, the, yeah, D, the DH, right. uh, you know, the, and tell me that doesn't hurt this team. You got a DH I can't hit and, you know, doesn't participate. I mean, that's that's the other problem with the thing with the rise, too, is that, you know, where can we play him? Well, there's designated hitter. If Byron Buxton can be a DH, Luis Rice can be a DH. I mean, it just, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't get it. But that's, that, what the, well, what is the history going to be? bringing it together, you know. What is the history going to be? Of, of Byron Buxton, yes. yeah, I mean, wow, what, what, yes. might, what might have been, what, what oh. could be, then, then now with the ribs, Derek, you know that that's not a fun thing to have. I no. mean, Provost and I, we chatted about this on Friday. You know, you've got, uh, you've got uh, a rib, you know, hitting the ribs. Well, that doesn't seem like you're going to come back right away and feel a hundred percent right away with that. And, and Correa's plantar fasciitis, which I'm sure we might even bring up with Doc today. Yeah, that doesn't seem fun. That doesn't seem like that no. goes away anytime, time soon. And and you got Royce. We got to keep him healthy. But well, if you can pitch it, maybe you got a chance to still win it until you can wait till those bats that make contact and they're still in first place. Why are they waiting so long on making a move with both those two? Because they left themselves so shorthanded the last two games. They just had Vasquez, and that was it. And I thought when yeah. Lewis went out, were you going to play him at third? I mean, what are you going to do right. there? I don't know what you were going to do. Uh, what a mess. 
Not good. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, it was it, over the weekend. By the way, guys, you brought it up, and I know we're up against a, a break here, and I have I have cleanly passed that stalled vehicle on the interstate, so that's good. <laughs> but the uh, the weekend had uh, we we did crown a few champions, and it, it's getting to a point where you think like the high school season's over, but in Minnesota they still got a. A week or so. I know state track and field coming up this week. State golf in North Dakota. Uh, boys is uh, like tomorrow yep. in, in V&A. And uh, Brad, it looked like the West kind of flexed some of their proverbial muscles in some of the state tournaments, even though uh, Thompson boys baseball, I believe, uh, one, uh, but yep, Beulah, were... Minot, Dickinson all captured the other ones, right? Yes, uh, Beulah, so we finally have a champ from the West for, uh, for state softball. They had the top two seeds, and Beulah... Uh, I think just the one loss to Minot High, I believe. So they uh, they won it. Uh, and uh, Kindred Richland picked up third. Thompson repeats in B baseball. Uh, that was a heck of a, a heck of a championship game Saturday. They had a great crowd over at Young Field for North and Cheyenne. That was uh, fun to watch. Uh, Cheyenne takes a lead. North comes back. They get it to three to two. They've got uh, tying and winning runs on base in the seventh inning. And um, uh, Connor Entz. Uh, Coach Ince's son got the final two outs to finish it up. Cheyenne wins the uh, wins a three-peat. But uh, North had a great run, though, in that tournament, though. They pitched it yeah. extremely well all three games. And it was just a lot of well-pitched games. I mean, you had the talk a little bit Friday about the the, the dual no-hitter through seven with, uh, with uh, Jamestown and West Fargo. And North wins a 2-1 game. And Cheyenne wins a 3-2 game. That was just uh, fun to see. Wow. Well, so if Connor Ince uh, closed it up for the Mustangs there, what is that, their third straight uh, state title? Would, would that be code orange and blue? Mm-hmm. Could be. It's amazing. <laughs> could be. So, could be. Uh, just, uh, you know, it's just it, the, the, the little code orange and blue. The funny part about it is, you know, West Fargo and, and uh, West Fargo and Cheyenne, they're yeah, now Horace, too. You know, they're separate uh, for high school ball. Now, Legion ball will start up this week, and all those, a lot of those guys will be teammates now starting, oh my uh, starting this week. So. That's a loaded crew. I like that. Those yeah. tryouts. Oh, my well, heavens. I, you know, I, and we have pretty good Legion programs here. We know we know what Post 2 has done, and Post 400 is making some great strides. But uh, we cannot ignore what West Fargo has uh, has produced for uh, high-talented baseball players. And, you know, some that have made the major leagues, Andy Young and Matt Strom, among others. That's a pretty good baseball program over there. One could argue, Brad and Derek, one could argue, because we're all proud of where we came from, and, what athletes we produce, but that's a very good point, Brad. The fact that that part of the Metro is really expanded in years, one could argue, has produced some of the very good high-profile athletes uh, opposed to all the other ones in the state of North Dakota across the board, period. Yeah. No, for sure. It's, uh, yeah, it's well, you kind of saw it coming, right, with the growth out there that you mm-hmm. they, they just, and this is yeah. a, and pretty good rivalry is going to be coming up for the next few years yep, too. No question, and they've uh, they've expanded some of their facilities there, and they've uh, they got some good people uh, running things there, especially in the uh, in the summertime. And that's uh, one reason they're getting the Central Plains Regional coming up next uh, next summer, uh, as it'll be in the Metro here in twenty four and twenty five. Twelve twenty three. Doc Phil is standing by. We'll talk with uh, Doctor Phil Johnson next on the Jack Michaels Show on the Fan. What's up, guys? Dr. Phil Johnson with us again. Derek Hansen back at the studio. Jack Michaels on the road. Uh, Dr. Phil, how was your weekend? Oh, I don't know. Why there we go. Now we got the right pot up. There we go. But it was it was hot, but it was good. Yes, for sure. 
You know, Jack, I'm not going to complain about the heat. You know how much I like winter. It was probably hot at Newman Outdoor Field and all that, but you're not going to get me to complain. Uh, I'm never going to complain about the heat. I uh, I I love it. I, <laughs> it's great, and uh, you know what? Uh, on the road and, and the sun shining, and Derek, you know, and Brad and Doc, you know that 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 hotness that turns into those beautiful nights. Oh my goodness! And if you're at the ballpark or the lake, and uh, we'll get that. And if you're not suffering from plantar fasciitis or bruised ribs, right. Or anything like that. That that'd be good too. If well, you're not, uh, you know, playing a sport and, and cramping too, right? I mean, I, you, I think a lot of us uh, we went right from right from winter to summer, and that's one thing you got to watch for. You get hot like this, Doctor Phil. It it can you know take a toll on your body too if you're not careful. A lot of us. Uh, sure. I mean, that's absolutely. That's, I mean, you got to keep your you got to keep your fluid intake up, and not necessarily adult beverages. I mean, you got to have some things with just plain water. and you know, some of the sport drinks to, to replenish your electrolytes. Um, but you're right there. That's very important, especially, you know, people that are out in the sun all day, you know, people that are working in the fields, people are working on the highways, uh, construction workers. I mean, you know, they got to stay hydrated. Otherwise, you start to cramp up because as you start to dehydrate, then sometimes these little electrochemicals in your body don't respond like they're supposed to. And so the muscles get real irritated and cramp up. Yeah, for sure. There's no question. Jack mentioned it. Plantar fi- fi- uh, I, I, what, why, why can't I say it all of a sudden? Um, but uh, <laughs> what Carlos Correa is suffering from. Yeah. You know, plantar fasciitis yeah. is, is a real interesting problem. Um, and, and and the reality is that there's, there's a couple different things that are going on. Usually there's a biomechanical alteration of the foot, which puts these little micro tears into this very thick piece of tissue called the plantar fascia, which attaches actually on the undersurface of your heel bone, but the, but also the Achilles tendon sends some of the slips down. And so invariably we find that there's a heel that kind of rotates inward a little bit, and then they're tight in their Achilles tendon. So as you work on the stretching, um, which is probably the most important part, because you're trying to stretch out those areas of micro tears to keep them elongated, that usually works really well. I mean, you can try some of the little heel cups and things, and what that does takes a little pressure off the Achilles tendon. But the most important thing with that is, is the stretching process, and if you need some orthotic management with your heel to realign a little bit better you know, so the pull's not so hard, that, that does help as well. Um, I've never operated on, any, you know, on anything of plantar fasciitis, and I'm not sure that there's a lot of, uh, reasoning for that in the long haul. Um, if you give it enough time, it will settle down, but it's a process where you need to keep working at it with the stretching and, and modification with your shoe a little bit, and usually you can get through it pretty well. That's good. Well, also, you know, along Doc, with, I, yeah, it's just about question, rest. Derek. Yeah, I got a quick question for Doc on that, because Jimmy Klonsoster, I think, suffered from that, Doc, but what's the difference between plantar fasciitis, that inflammation, and turf toe? Well, a lot, because one's at the end of the foot and the other one's at the heel. Um, but you're talking about disruption of, of collagen fibers, basically micro tears. The plantar uh, fasciitis is a big, thick tendon and it gets these little micro tears. Turf toe is a whole different animal. And what happens there is that you're tearing the ligament or the thing called the plantar plate which is on the bottom of the great toe. And what happens is, and we used to see this in the turf, is that people would hyperextend their, uh, or hyper, what we call hyperextend their great toe, 
and tear that tissue on the bottom of the great toe joint. And there is some indications at this point to maybe try and surgically fix that. You've got to be real careful um, in doing that because it creates scar and sometimes creates more of a problem. But, um, you know, that's what ended Deion Sanders' uh, career. And, and if it's not taken care of properly right away with the, import, with the important little inserts to the toe so it doesn't bend so much, yeah, it can turn into a chronic instability of the great toe and arthritis and a whole host of other issues that um, come down the line with that. So they're two different things uh, and potentially both very debilitating if they're not taken care of properly. You mentioned that with Dion. I think he, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he had uh, his toe or something amputated, right? He's had such problems with everything. I mean, I think if, I can't I don't remember. know if he had it amputated or if he had it fused. Yeah. Uh, he, he may have had a, um, the joint fused because that's usually the the process. I know he tried to have that fixed. You know, it was way down the line, and that's the problem. The tissue's not that great then. But I know he tried to have a repair of it and maybe a reconstruction. And I don't think that went very well. I don't know if he truly had an amputation or whether they just fused his great toe, which works really uh, well. They actually did. Okay, so I'm reading a Sports Illustrated article from 22. Yeah, he says... Uh, Reveals toe amputation leg scars. He revealed on camera, I guess. But, yeah, oof, that's tough. Wow. Man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, from pre- previous toe injuries during his playing days in the NFL. He, was play- he had yeah. so much pain going on, so they just amputated his toes. I just can't imagine what that had been wow. like. Wow. That'd be, that'd be kind of drastic. Yikes. Yes. Well, I guess, that, you know, and you kind of see him strutting around, even when he's coaching and stuff, it's a little different hitching his giddy-up, you know what I mean? I, obviously, because <laughs> toes are kind of important what you do, so I don't think he's running yeah. four 140s anymore. No, probably not. Nah, probably not. Yeah. But, you know, he's walking, and that's, and that's good, and hopefully he's been able to do some, you know, some exercise routines and things. And biking would be a real good thing, swimming, all sure. those type of things. Yep. That is for sure. I think, uh, Jack, you'd probably echo yeah. this, too. Uh Sad to see Ben Ellison cut a career short. You know, I think we had a lot of hopes for him coming into the season, being a run blocker. But, you know, a guy that we watched that, you know, obviously for me, I got to see him all throughout his career in Holly High School and great uh, tight end for the Bison. And thought he was really going to get a chance there. But, you know, just these nagging injuries, it catches up with the best of them. Yep. I'm glad you brought that up, Derek. To Doc's – go ahead, Doc. No, 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 go ahead. Um – I mean, I think that, that we're... Well, I was going to say, we talked about this. Yep. Uh, we wow. talked about this on Friday a little bit. Uh, and if, if I'm good here, we talked about this on Friday for a second, Doc, and I'll let you roll here. But Brad and I were chatting about the... And, and I'm glad Derek brought it up. The, the tweet that, that Ben had... I, I was mentioning to Brad that I uh, said, you know, uh, not knowing uh, all of it, I'm sure obviously injuries played a factor in that decision, but his tweet seemed very healthy, like from a mental standpoint, like a healthy tweet. I said that, that he was okay with it, that like, okay, I understand it, and I'm going to move on. So it was, if there's any silver lining there and how tough it is at 26 to retire uh, from professional sports, at least his tweet seemed healthy, Doc, like, you know what? I'm I'm okay with this decision. Well, and and you know, it, it's always a hard process working through when do you finally quit the things that you're loving. You know, and I'm going through that process now because at the end of the year, I'm I'm going to retire. So you're kind of processing that whole entity. What do you do after that? You know, and, and where are you going? What do you want to do? Um, 
and, and sometimes those decisions get made for you, and that's how it is sometimes with a professional athlete. I mean, their body has been subjected to, to increased physiologic stress that, you know, let's face it, the body breaks down after a while, and, and then they realize they just can't go. They can't perform at the level that they want to perform, and that frustrates them. And so they kind of resign to the fact that, okay, um, I need to do something different. Some people do that very well. Some people really struggle. Some people have mental health issues with that, and, and we're seeing the whole gamut uh, and the whole spectrum in these days. And, and so it's, you know, it's one of those things. These elite-level athletes you know, subject their bodies to some pretty significant physiologic stress. We like to call it hyperphysiologic because it's more than most people would incur. And so the body does wear down, and, and, and over time, you know, they, they break down. Uh, a classic example is ACL. Um, you know, as good as we are reconstructing the ACL, we probably have like a bronze medal standard. We're not even close to a gold medal standard. And the reason is, is because there's things working against us right off the bat. Usually there's either some alignment issues. When you get these bone bruises, when you tear your ACL, we know that down the line you are going to develop arthritis in that knee, and it's about 25, 30 years. Um, and there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do during the interim that's going to ward that off. Now, there may be something in the future here that possibly is going to happen, but until then, you know, the, the best thing we can do is keep them as fit as possible and, and reduce some of the stress level to that joint, which means you got to sometimes take them out of their sports that are at high risk. Same thing with the shoulder. I mean, you, you, the repeated dislocations and instabilities, we know that there is a certain subpopulation that develops significant arthritis. Um, linebackers are notorious for that because of the beating that they take all the time and also linemen uh the big untold story is that a lot of linemen have instability in their shoulder and develop some arthritic changes uh because of all the pounding that they take pushing big guys away and getting pushed around so um yeah i mean there's unfortunately you know things that happen to the body that we don't have a lot of control over uh that you know to try and eliminate it but we can try and temporize things and, and prolong the longevity of the joint. But the reality is that some of these injuries that these guys that in, they incur, we do know that it portends kind of a, a not-so-good diagnosis once they get further along in life, whether that's their 40s, 50s, or 60s. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, man. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Derek, by the way, uh, here's another thing that piggybacks off that question you know so ben announces uh, his retirement and then we we touched on this a little bit and and garrett mogg for those that know is it was a good receiver at university of north dakota and he went through some hamstrings and healed off and had a good you know senior year and then you know went undrafted and now signed by the vikings i was reading a story that you know garrett's probably in the you know who knows like number 11 number 12 on the receiver charts maybe you know he's trying to get a you know, trying to get a sniff. Well, he's got he's signed there, so he has a chance to to prove himself. He's got some skills: six four, good vertical jump, quickness, strong, all of that stuff. But I thought about this over the weekend. Adam uh, Thielen's story. You know, what what percentile it was Adam Thielen in as far as now looking back, like making it as a wide receiver in the NFL, uh, whether it be a wide receiver two or what have you, but carving out a career. Uh, and, and I know we all appreciated Adam what you know he did to get there, but I th- I started thinking what Garrett's hurdles are, and I'm glad for his chances uh, now. But as I look back, I'm thinking, what were the chances of the, Ad- the Adam Thielen story coming to fruition? <laughs> I'll let you go, Doctor Phil, because 
I think it's about as much as me winning, at least getting the five numbers of the Powerball tonight. I mean, well, I, you know, <laughs> right? I, I think that I think that it, what it really does state is that you know if you want something bad enough and you work hard enough, right? You might get. And I think that was his case. Somewhere along the line, um, you know, he made that determination that he could play at that level. You know, and so yeah, he came from Mankato State, but you know, that back in the day, I mean, they were a pretty decent uh, Division II program. Um, you know, and, and and he truly is one of those diamonds in the rough. You know, and and somebody saw something in him, and and whether it was himself or a coach or something, said, you know, if you really work a little bit more on this, this, and get your speed and the, your vertical jump and everything else and your ball catching ability, I think you got a chance. And and maybe he took that as a challenge and made himself better and continued to get better. And then somebody, you know, he maybe tried out for one of those Viking camps that you can. They saw some, uh, they saw some talent there and said, you know, you know, this guy is worth a shot. Let's see what he does. And that's sometimes how those, those things work out. I mean, you see that all the time in the NFL. Some of these obscure universities that develop, you know, a really, really good player. And you go, gosh, where was he? I can't, to be perfectly honest, I don't really remember much about Patrick Mahomes when he was in college. Do you guys? I watched him a little bit only because, you know, the name, and I, you know, I know yeah. his, know his uh, godfather pretty well, Latroy Hawkins for the Twins, but I tell you right. what, he did not impress me. I mean, I, if you'd have told me what I watched at Texas Tech was going to turn into this, I would have said you're crazy. I thought the <laughs> Chiefs were nuts for going up and getting them, but, you know, yeah. that, I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. it's amazing. It and really it, is. And it's, and it's really wild how those scouts can see some of that stuff, you know, and and obviously they're they're privy to other data and stuff and workouts and things and that, you know, that, that we don't necessarily get a chance to to make a decision. But, but I mean, it's things like that. I mean, there are there are people out there in the world that, that work, you know, a little bit differently and they, they're wired a little bit differently and they can they can make their bodies do some different things that are just elite level. And, um, you know, the question is, you know, trying to find those people and, and also, you know, continually making that person get better and better. Um, I thought the same thing about Patrick Kane. We had him at the world junior team. And I mean, the guy was as big as a, a fence post and, <laughs> he, and he was always struggling with this little over injury, that this, you know, cause he's getting bounced around, but he goes into the NHL and my, my goodness, he's, he's a hall of famer. You know, and he has some of the best hands that I've ever seen, and that's probably what's kept his longevity. Plus, he can uh, he can avoid the the contact like Gretzky did, and, and so um, yeah, there's just there's all kinds of things sprinkled around. I'm sure there's some in the NBA and there's some in baseball too, but there's kind of those those little diamonds in the rough that that show up every now and then. You go, wow, where was that? You know, when he was younger. Yeah, hopefully, Mog can be that guy. Well, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, to cap on that D and, and Brad and Doc is that you know the Red Hawks had a couple of guys uh, signed by affiliated teams this past couple of days. You know, they uh, one of their relievers, Reed Burlingmeyer, was signed by the uh, uh, Texas Rangers organization, and then Davis Feldman and 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 I I just tickled pink for both of them. Uh, Feldy was was signed by the Blue Jays organization, and maybe the, and, and maybe it's what some employers say about the difference between two. Uh, potential employees and and they you know say one's from the midwest or northern you know and the others from you know another part of the country oftentimes maybe that that person from the midwest is hired uh, because that is the stereotype is the work ethic right 
and and I I look at you know maybe to Doc's point of these guys coming from mid majors uh, that are getting shots in, in the NFL, you know maybe they default to these guys because they're just they got more to prove. They're working hard. They know they're going to work. And then I go back to Feldy. You know Davis. You know the Red Hawks had to kind of let him go. His stuff wasn't really good a couple of years ago. They brought him back. Uh, Chris Coast and his staff said, "Hey, you need to work on this, this, this." You know, you got to be in that zone more. He goes on, dedicates himself to working on that, comes back this year. You know, after last year's run, comes back this year, looks even better. And what happens? You know, he gets signed by the Blue Jays organization for all that work ethic. You know, the, the guy, just a champion, lost his father not long ago. He's got a lot of things to prove, a chip, so to speak, on his shoulder. Those are the ones I think Doc was talking about right there, Derek. Uh, Brad, those are the guys that, that, uh, that end up being absolute diamonds. You know, and, and who knows? And I think Adam Thielen was probably like that. Yeah, for sure. Doc, we'll let you I, wrap up here. Do uh, you have any rooting interest for this? It, it seems weird for me to have a, a team that's only three years old win a Stanley Cup when the state of hockey that I live in hasn't ever held one with the North Stars of the Wild. And, of course, Southern Florida, now after, you know, mid-Florida has won a, a few titles. It's, that's what it's going to come down to. It's an interesting matchup there anyway. Well, I think you've got to give the Vegas organization a big, a large amount of credit. I mean, remember when they had the expansion draft? That was that was the expansion draft that changed everything. And, and after that, they had because there were a lot of good quality players that were put out on on uh, the available, and and they picked out a lot of good players. And and even though some of those have moved on. It got the nucleus going, and it, and it got the appropriate culture, you know, started there. I mean, they've done very well, you know, every year since they've been there. Now, obviously, they've got good good fan support too, but but they've got good management, and, and their initial management put together a really good team. And I remember watching them play Winnipeg. We went up for one of the Winnipeg games for the Western Conference Final, and and they were just so solid. I mean, they were they were rolling four lines, good goaltending. And they and they still do now. I mean, this Aiden Hill kid is, is another thing. I mean, he's kind of a diamond in the rough. Who saw him coming along? And he's just playing very well. Um, so yeah, I'm not all that surprised, just because they they have proven to be a very good organization. They get good quality players, and um, and they keep you know uh, keep them, and uh, they're 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 really fun to watch. I mean. Uh, I think Florida still is going to make a series out of it. That's just the way they are. But um, but it would be nice if they can get a win tonight for sure. Uh, otherwise, you know, Vegas may steamroll them. Um, they've got they've got the power. They've got the D. Uh, they've got good quality goaltending as does Florida. So as it comes down to in these kind of games, much like gold medal games, it's who makes the least mistakes and who makes the least turnovers. Um, that's gonna that's probably going to dictate. And injuries are going to factor in somewhere along the line too. But but those mistakes are probably the biggest things that that uh, change the, the whole process of the game or the scope of the game. And the ones that can capitalize on those mistakes are usually the ones that win. Yeah, for sure. Dr. Phil, again, people want to get a hold of you if they got something to work on here. As you said, we got to get get in there before you retire. Uh, how do you get a hold of you? Well, they can call us on the phone. That still works. And that's 701-478-0307. Or they can stop in by the office in 2829 University Drive South here in Fargo or dial us up on the web, orthosportnetfargo.com. All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you again next week, my friend. Okay, have a good week, guys. You bet. Dr. Phil Johnson with us. A staple, I would say, Jack, for 
Boy, boy, going back all the way to what nineteen ninety seven, I guess is what we've done this. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, but a, a staple of uh, the Jack Michael show. Twenty-six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just yeah, to age me a little bit more. Years of that. Uh, I'm going to wrap up the show yeah, here because. Yeah, go ahead. Guys... Oh, I was going to say, uh, might be uh, 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 the fact you bring it up. If you look it up, I think on this date. June 5th, uh, I want to say 67, uh, Minnesota North Stars World of the Franchise. Yes, yeah, so along with the Blues and a few others. Yeah, so. yep, for sure. That's yeah, it's amazing. So I'm to throw that in. All right, I'm going to let you go here because I'll have to wrap it up. We, our time management was, uh, God rest his soul, Denny Green style here with, uh, you know, that's normally how it goes. When I come back, Jack, and and, and uh, I'm sure you'll be wanting to tune on to this. This is going to get interesting. Obviously, we always want you to listen to Twins Baseball weekday day games here in the fan. Of course, most of the time over on uh, our sister station, KFGO. But uh, this Bally Sports North thing is going to get intriguing because both you and I, you know, we changed our whole lifestyle what, a couple years ago to make sure that we had it on our service provider. And I think, you know, imagine the shuffling that we're going to have to do if everything gets changed this week by Major League Baseball because this Diamond Sports Group isn't going to pay their bills. And I feel bad for the people in assisted living and nursing homes. I'm sure, you know, your mother, Marge, could probably relate to this. It's, you know, technology is not fun the way it is. But these, you know, these folks, they're living for these games. And, you know, my my friend Paul, he's got his whole situation. He likes that. You know, we've talked about it quite a bit over the past weekend. I, I just hate for everything to get upturned. And you know, our, our guest tomorrow, what does this mean for him too, right, with uh, Dick Bramer? It's it's a mess. I don't know how much he can even talk about that. But, oh, what a – what a why does it have to be so complicated sometimes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'll be uh, – yeah, we'll be we'll be hitting that hard this week, Derek, and I'm, I'm wondering where the dominoes will yeah, Hearing that commercial, hard to believe we're already sitting at fair season, right? My heavens. Flies by. It'll be the 4th of July before you know it. Derek Hansen, Jack Michaels Show, Jack on the Road, Brad Anderson, and I will be back again tomorrow. Dick Bramer will join us to talk about the Minnesota Twins. as Well, they open up a uh, three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. It's going to be interesting, too, when you look at this series because, you know, Tampa Bay has been just this amazing team all season long, and will the Twins be able to match that as far as we all know that they can pitch, but can they have enough consistent hitting to go up against one of the more talented teams that we've seen in Major League Baseball in a very long time. And, of course, as I mentioned before, I don't know if you caught Inside Twins with uh, Dave St. Peter yesterday. This whole thing, and I'm very glad that we can bring these games to you at no cost to you. I mean, the radio is, you know, radio and baseball have been a great marriage for a very long time. I'm not just saying that because I'm a radio guy. I mean, obviously, football's a great TV sport. That's why it's the number one sport in the country right now because once – we kind of evolved to everyone having one or two or, you know, one or two at the most in the, what, the late 70s when football started to catch baseball and then what the 80s became. And then, of course, there's a house, you know, there's a TV in almost every room now in many houses. That's why it's, you know, the number one sport because baseball is just, you know, kind of one of these things, let's go work on the garden and listen to the game and, and whatever, be in a f- fishing boat and listen to the game. And it works well that way, you know, being outside, not caring what the games be like when trying to make it into a TV sport, I think is almost a mistake in some ways. But I'll tell you this, with everything that's going on in the NFL and the fact that they're using more streaming services, I think Major League Baseball, the Twins, whatever, they got to make it as easy as possible if there's this transition to get the games. 
and as cheap as possible. Because it's frustrating for someone who, I mean, without question, I go to get my carrier TV-wise basis on whether or not I can get not only the Twins, but the Wolves in the wild. And what that means here in the future, I have no idea if all of a sudden baseball takes away the rights to uh, Bally Sports North broadcasting Twins games the same way that they have done in San Diego with the Padre games. Time will tell on that, but I think people certainly are getting sick of all the maneuvering around and all the jockeying around of sports on their televisions. But that's something I'm sure we'll talk about quite a bit. I, like I said, tomorrow when we talked with Dick Bramer, I don't even know how much he can really talk about it. It's an awkward situation for him because he just wants to you know, get paid, go do the games, and enjoy what he does for a living. And I, I feel bad for people like that. who that's They're kind of caught in the middle of that. I mean, I've talked to him quite a bit off the air, just how frustrated he was when, well, you look at when Bally bought Fox Sports Net North, they jacked up the per-subscriber fee and Dish Network and YouTube TV and Hulu Plus. They all said, no, we're not doing that. We're not carrying all these for that amount of money. And it, I know it infuriated the Twins. It, it made the Twins mad because they want people to see their product too. And I just think we need to get back to the simple, like what we do in radio. You buy the rights, you go buy advertising, you make money on it that way, and quit having it go directly to the consumer each and every time. And I think it's isolated a lot of fans out there that live in a TikTok world and just don't want to worry about it. They just want to make it as simple as possible to see their favorite baseball team. But again, we'll have it for you. Uh, radio tomorrow over on our sister station at no cost to you. For Brad Anderson and Jack Michaels here on the uh, Jack Michaels Show, can't wait to have you with us again tomorrow. Again, it's a busy week as uh, we have Red Hawks baseball going on all throughout the week here. And, boy, it's hard to believe we're in June. But, uh, yeah, Lake County is uh, tomorrow night. And, obviously, we're going to have uh, the two, uh, tomorrow night with that uh, big a series coming up, and so the Red Hawks on the road a little bit after a fun weekend series at Newman Outdoor Field, and then the Twins over on KFGO both tomorrow night and Wednesday night at Tampa Bay, and yeah, probably the worst ballpark in the majors. There's no getting around that, but hopefully that uh, we can enjoy a little bit of uh, Twins baseball victories if they can go beat the best team in baseball right now with the Tampa Bay Rays. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll be back again tomorrow at noon for the Jack Michael Show here on 740 The Fan.